You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. As we begin our first Advent message, the power of hope. We had some technical difficulties. Otherwise, you'd be watching a film clip right now. But uh, there, there was... When I, when I saw the power of hope and, and I saw the little Advent series, and if you haven't received uh, one of the Advent devotionals in breaking, here we go, Linda's got hers right here. We have those. Uh, you should have gotten one as you came in today. If you didn't, we want to make sure you get one of those. Uh, when I first saw that, I, I remember a time when I was in the movie theater and the Lord spoke. Now, for some of you, that might be hard to imagine that the Lord speaks in movie theaters. Some of you, you know that he's spoken to you over and over and over and over and over again in the movie theater. And I remember watching uh, The Hunger Games. Uh, my wife had to walk out on it because she couldn't stand the thought of the, the children and the tributes and all the activity. If you haven't seen it, don't worry about it. But there's, there's a point in, in the Hunger Games where, where kind of the evil President Snow is, is talking with the game maker about why they have the Hunger Games. And as he's talking to him about why they have it, he says this powerful, powerful statement. He says, the only thing that's greater than fear, and that's what he, that's what he used to control all the districts, was fear. Fear, fear, fear. The only thing that's greater than fear is hope. Hmm. Is hope. And uh, just everybody go, ooh. Okay, you you just saw the video clip and that just really impressed you. And you were just really amazed with that. Uh, He goes on to say, that a little hope's good, but too much hope. He implies with too much hope, there'll be a revolution. There'll be an overthrow of the evil system. And it's like, okay. So as I, as I look at the power of hope, the first Sunday of Advent, I, I want to go to the scriptures. And if you uh, have your Bibles, just hold on to them your devices, unless it's in the Passion Translation. If you have the Passion Translation, you're in luck. You can go to 1 Peter chapter 1. We'll look at the first six verses. If you don't, look at the screen. They've entitled it Triumphant Hope. And we want hope that triumphs. From Peter, an apostle of Jesus the anointed one, to the chosen ones who have been scattered abroad like seed into the nations living as refugees, to those living in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, and throughout the Roman provinces of Asia and Bithynia. You are not forgotten. That's why I love the Passion Translation. (laughs) You're not forgotten. For you have been chosen and destined by Father God. The Holy Spirit has set you apart to be holy ones, God's holy ones, obedient followers of Jesus Christ who have been gloriously sprinkled with his blood. 
May God's delightful grace and peace cascade over you many times over. Celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has shown us his extravagant mercy. For his fountain of mercy has given us new life. For we are reborn, experiencing a living, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are reborn into a perfect inheritance that can never perish, never be defiled, and never diminish. It is promised and preserved forever in the heavenly realm for you. Through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time. May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy. Even though lately you've had to put up with grief of many trials. Mm. Father, thank you for your word. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and take that which is written and make it alive. Move into our minds, our, our souls, our spirit, and bring your fullness to bear. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're not forgotten. Somebody may forget your birthday. Somebody may forget other aspects of, of uh, you, you may not get the Christmas present. They forgot, oh, you wanted a Christmas present this year? Forgot that. Um, just slipped my mind. Yeah. You're not forgotten. Peter, we, we, we've just been in a series in Acts, and we, we just saw as, as the persecution against the church was expanding. It first started in Jerusalem, and it was getting rather intense. The, the apostles stayed in Jerusalem. Other believers scattered into the surrounding regions. And in, in those areas, we find that they were sharing the gospel and more and more Jews were coming into faith and, and favor. And then we saw as, a, as it continued on with another level of persecution, they for the first time took the gospel message and took it outside of the nation of Israel, outside of the Jewish people. And they took it to the Gentiles, to the Greeks, and they responded. And they saw that the love of God for all mankind was being manifested. This was a revelation. It was taking them to another level of understanding how deeply God loves everyone on the earth. He loves every one of us. And everyone, every one of us is not forgotten. He knows us. He desires to have relationship with us. And so he does all sorts of crazy things, like maybe somehow get you into this room on this day at this time, just so that you can hear how much he loves you and that he hasn't forgotten you. He knows you because he created you. He doesn't know you because he's observed you the way the evil one does. In the kingdom of darkness, the only thing that they can gather is the data that they witness and, and observe over human history for all these years but personally about you, what your tendencies and process, processes are. But the Lord knows you inside and out. He knows every aspect of you. You are not forgotten. So the persecution has, has taken place. And matter of fact, it was getting so intense in Jerusalem that he had 
the apostle James put to death by the sword and then went and arrested Peter. And so now Peter is, is in arrest and he's in the jail and he's got 16 prisoners guarding him and he gets an angelic breakout. I like that. If, if you were doing hard time and you knew that uh, there was going to be this mock trial and they were going to put you to death the next day, would you welcome an angel to come and bail you out? Not with money. No. But with the power that comes from on high, the chains fell off, the doors opened, uh, the prisoners didn't wake up, and they got out. And so this is the one who's writing this letter to the church. He understands that persecution is happening. Even at the very end of it, he says, you know, and some of you, you, know, you have the grief of the trials that you're facing right now. So he's, he's not in Pollyanna Christianity of just saying, I love Jesus and everything's wonderful. And all. No, he understands that there's still a war going on, even though the power of the evil one was decisively defeated through the, the birth life, death, and resurrection and ascension of the Lord Jesus. The final climax is in his return. But now we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in fear. And that's what we're going to look at today. Because the only thing that is greater than fear is hope. Mm -hmm. Right on. So you've been chosen, destined by Father God. And this is what the Holy Spirit has done. The Father has chosen you. He's created you. In Christ Jesus, you are now born to eternal life. And now you are set apart to be his holy ones. Ha <laughs> ha. Obedient followers of Jesus. Ooh. How's your obedience going these days? Anybody struggling with obedience? Anybody finding obedience just a piece of cake? Yeah, it, it, psh, let's obey. Let's just obey the Lord. Yeah. You know, there's, when, when you look at obedience, there's all sorts of things that you can be obedient to. You can be, be obedient to the rules, to the laws. You can be obedient to religious tradition. Or you can be obedient to the living God. Now, here's what I find. If I choose to be obedient to the living God, mm -hmm. everything else is kind of taken care of. It really is. When I am really close and the Holy Spirit and I are in sweet fellowship and the Lord and we're just having a good time, all that, I can be in my car and drive the speed limit. <laughs> That is supernatural, folks. That is, that is amazing. When, when you think of the laws of the land and living in obedience to the laws of the land, you know, sometimes you have to use your external and you, and you got to make yourself, you know, obey. Okay, I'm not supposed to cheat, so I won't cheat. Okay, I'm not supposed to speed, so I won't speed. I'm not supposed, and you got all the not supposed to type of stuff, and, and, you, and you really, really knuckle down to try to do that, how's that work for you? Man, it doesn't seem how much soul power we try to muster up to be obedient, it never works. 
It may work for a little while. It may work for a season. But does it work consistently? What's the key to being the obedient ones? It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. As His Holy Spirit indwells within us, then we're not just relating to God from our head, our mind, and we're going to make sure that we keep the Ten Commandments. We're going to make sure that we, you know, do this and do that, you know, and we're going to obey. But when the Holy Spirit comes inside, He does something. And I love the way Chuck put it when he was talking to us just a little while ago. You know, we, we've come out of light in, or out of darkness into light when we receive Jesus Christ. We're born again. And it's, it's a new birth. But as we, as we grow, we're constantly in a state of transforming. It's metamorphosis. It's like we're changing, we're changing, we're changing, we're changing. The problem is some of us, we get and we change one bit. We get level one change and we think that's all I need. That's good enough. And when you're at level one change, guess what? Being obedient is almost impossible. You can't, you can't be obedient at level one. You've got to continue to be transformed. Now, here's, here's the dynamic that I've got to be aware of today. The Holy Spirit wants to encourage every heart here with a, with a passion and a desire to know that you're loved, you're accepted, that the Father is pleased with you, and that you are not on your own, but with Him. The, the whole thing comes in relationship with Him that you get to the place. Ever-increasing glory, from glory to glory. You, you continue to change. You continue to develop step by step. As, as you hear this and as we go, the enemy's going to say, okay, I'm going to take a good advantage today and make sure they misunderstood what the bald guy's trying to say. <laughs> and, and so he's going to say, you don't measure up. If you are a better Christian, you would be obedient. Right on. <laughs> and so he'll use guilt, shame, condemnation. If you're feeling guilt, shame, condemnation, it's not coming from God. If you're feeling a little uncomfortable because the Holy Spirit's kind of convicting, he's kind of wanting to bring something to the forefront, he only does that because somehow that's hindering your intimacy with God. That's hindering the relationship that he wants you to have. And so if that's happening, just say, oh, show me, show me exactly where, where I'm where I'm stuck, where I'm, I, I, I don't know how to get across the obstacle that's in front of me. Come, Holy Spirit, show me what to do, how to appropriate so that I can continue. So you're not forgotten. You've been chosen. You're destined by the Father. You're, you're destined for glory. You're destined to become glorious ones, obedient ones. Not because you suppress and repress but because you've released and you're free and you're flowing and you are you for the first time. Here's what I find. A lot of times what we think is us is an us. It's the us that has grown up in a fallen, sinful world environment. It's us that is a result of all the put-downs, all the social peer pressure, all the wounds, the hurts, and all the plethora of yuck that happens to us. 
until we find out who we are in an intimate, loving relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we're born again and rebirth, then we start to understand who we are. But just like a little baby, they don't understand instantly all that they are. They just know that they're loved and, and, and they're, they're comforted. And if they cry, they get attention. And if uh, their diaper needs changed, uh, it gets changed and all the love that goes in the care. And so we're really, really careful about someone who's just come into that. What we know is that an innocent little baby that gets born into this world is born into an environment inasmuch as it's controlled by the king of darkness, he wants to kill, he wants to harm, he wants to destroy everything that causes us to be connected to our creator, to our Lord, to our savior, to our bridegroom, because mm -hmm. we're the bride of Christ. And so he hates that. He's hoping that we'll, we'll, we'll go out and somehow two-time Jesus, and Jesus will get so sick of us that he will say, the engagement's over. Uh, I'm not going to marry you. I'm going to go find another planet. No. His love is eternal. And as much as the evil one wants to bring distance between us and him, the power of the Holy Spirit is much greater and will continue to draw us to him. I just find it incredible that when we're not even interested in spiritual things, we're not even interested in Jesus and his kingdom, we're not even interested, he still keeps drawing us and still keeps pursuing us. He never stops. He never stops. He will not violate our free will. And this morning, we have a chance to exercise our free will to move closer to him in relationship. He will not violate our free will. We can go to our death rejecting Jesus. We can. And his love. And I pray that doesn't happen to anyone. To anyone. But it's a possibility. It's not because he's a, a punishing God that's, that's ready to zap you. It's because we're rebellious children that's become part of the kingdom of rebellion because the evil one has been rebelling against God since he was thrown out of heaven, Satan. And so as Lucifer goes from the, the head worship leader in heaven to becoming Satan, the adversary, from being a bearer of light to being an adversary, he's against every one of us. And he wants, to, he wants to bring as much confusion. He wants to make good look bad and bad look good. He wants to up look down and down look up. He, he wants to pervert and twist everything that, that is possible to, to twist and pervert. Hmm. Obedient followers of Jesus Christ. Why? Because his blood has sprinkled us. And when we connect to the blood of the Lord Jesus, which is, is one of those mysteries, it's one of those things that blows the circuits of my mind. I can't wrap my mind around what his sacrifice, what his blood has, has done for us. 
I understand the essence that he became sin that I might become the righteousness of God. He, he exchanged my sinfulness for his sinlessness. And so he took on all of our sin and made it an invitation for us to receive his righteousness. Now, why don't we receive his righteousness? Because we have an adversary that makes it look like if we receive his righteousness that we're taking a shortcut. And by golly, in America, we're going to raise ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We're going to earn it. We're going to do it the old American way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to deserve it. No, never going to work that way, folks. If we could get a revelation of how rebellious we are at the core of our beings, we would puke. We, we would just... Ugh. It would, it would be too much for us to see because of the rebelliousness. We are lawbreakers. We, we, we rebel, we rebel, we rebel until we've come to Jesus. And then when we come to Jesus, we have an opportunity to obey. It's the only way. It's because of the blood, the sprinkling of the blood of his presence. And as his blood comes upon us, we, we have now an opportunity. You're always going to have two choices. You can either obey or disobey. You can either submit or you can rebel. There's always going to be, God will never take it away because he's not going to make us puppets. This is, this is a love relationship. And what we know about love is we don't really call it love when someone has to love us. Because if they don't, we're going to shoot them. It just doesn't work. It's always a choice. And so he gives us the opportunity to choose to love or not to love. Okay, we'll get to hope here in a second. <sighs> Bring it on. So the delightful grace and peace cascades over you many, many times. Oh, just keep coming. Let his grace and peace come. Why? That's, that's how we get to where we can obey more frequently is because we're receiving his, his incredible grace and his love. His mercy, it just keeps coming. Grace and peace, grace and peace. And then we, when we're recipients of his grace and peace, we can't help but praise him. And it brings us to a point of celebration, of celebrating him with praise. <laughs> Why? He's shown us extravagant mercy. And I love the passion. It says there's a fountain of mercy. The fountains of mercy that bubble up for us. Wow, it's given us new life and we're reborn. We're reborn. We're reborn to a living hope. We're reborn to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We're reborn to a living hope. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest is love. We're going to get to love on the fourth Sunday of Advent. Right on. But today we're on hope. Hope. And we find that hope is something that gets birthed within us. And we don't even know where it came from. It's like, how did this happen? You know, hope was there before you were aware that hope was there. But as you said yes to Jesus, hope then comes forth. It, it, it starts to make an appearance 
and it goes from one level in your life to another, and it becomes a living entity. It's a hope that is built on faith. I was just thinking, expectation brings hope. Well, hope births expectation. It's which comes first, the chicken or the egg? You know, you, the Lord puts the hope in and, and now we, we have an expectation of relationship. And as we move on that expectation, believing that he's there, we, we have it in one of our worship songs when we say, you don't have to come, but you always do. You know, every time I, I, I pursue and I look for you, you show up. And so now I have an expectation because you've put something of hope inside of me that causes me to step forth and, and believe that you're going to come. And then when you come, that just fills my hope. That just fills my soul. That fills my body. That fills my spirit. And so tomorrow... When I wake up, I have an expectation that you are going to be there with me. Why? Because he says he'll never, 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 no, never, never, ever, never, never. I think in the Hebrew, there's a seven compound negative. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's never going to abandon us. No way never going to abandon us. And so he goes and he pursues us. I love it. So when we realize that, man, that the, the living hope becomes real and it continues to grow and it, it has a life that just continues to increase and develop from faith, hope, and love, those three working simultaneously inside of us and hope just built, fills us with great, great, great joy. We're reborn into a perfect inheritance. Anybody know that, you know, when your parents or grandparents die, you're going to be sitting on easy street? I mean, you're looking forward to an incredible inheritance. You just know. It's amazing how that license plate you know, as, as you see, it's been popular, the bumper sticker, I'm spending my children's inheritance as they're driving the Lexus <laughs> or, or the Mercedes or whatever. Yeah, it's interesting. But here, here is something for us that we have, we have a perfect inheritance. This is, this is incredible. It will never perish. It will never be defiled. You know, I think that's some of the, some of the fear of, of some folks is they, they see that their offspring are not very responsible and what they've worked hard for and what they've honored God with. And they're afraid that if they give it as an inheritance to, to kids who don't have relationship with the Lord, that they're just going to use the money and, and buy drugs and, and do whatever. Our inheritance will never be defiled. Wow. Now you think about that. Our inheritance that Jesus has for us in heaven is never going to be defiled. 
So if we want to participate with it, we better start realizing what his heart and purpose is for those resources in heaven to be used on the earth today. They're not used to make us selfish and egocentric and, and, and wasteful, but they have purpose. And I think that's one of the reasons why we as, as believers have not been able to access our inheritance in heaven because we haven't grown up to the place that we know how to be responsible with the true spiritual riches of the kingdom. But we're growing, aren't we? We're growing. We're experiencing more of the tangible inheritance on earth now as it is in heaven. It'll never diminish. You don't have to worry about it running out. It's, 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 it's beyond a trust fund that has only so much money in it. This is infinite. You never have to worry about it diminishing. There's always going to be enough. It is promised and preserved forever in the heavenly realm. Got a little ahead of myself, but that's, that's, that's the thing. It's a promise from God. It's preserved in the heavenly realm. Now here's where I want to encourage us. I got to be mindful when my time is. Just because it's in the heavenly realms, a lot of us think that, well, I won't get it till I get to heaven. Not. It's in the heavenly realm because there it cannot be, it can't be defiled. It's there. But it's intended for you to appropriate for today. When Jesus taught us to pray, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, he's given us an understanding that everything that's in heaven is supposed to be appropriated to the earth. That's his heart and that was his true kingdom when he originally came, created the earth. That's the way it is. But now it's completely upside down because of evil and because of Satan and because of our rebellion. But as that gets worked out through the miracle of the regeneration that we have in Jesus Christ, wow, we get to, to experience what God always intended for us to know here on earth. And how do we have to do that? The enemy has so defiled the planet that we have to import from heaven to earth those inherent resources that he has for us. Let's keep growing. Let's keep being transformed. Let's keep going from glory to glory. Let's keep understanding more. It's been the cry of my heart now for this whole year of Lord, as it is, as it is. I need to see as it is in heaven so I know what it's supposed to be on earth. As it is in heaven, so let it be on earth. And for it to be the way it is in heaven, we have to import the inheritance that's ours in Christ Jesus. <sighs> okay, that'll make you jump for joy, regardless of what your circumstances are today. So Peter is, is in the midst of the persecution in Jerusalem. <laughs> he understands that we're going through all sorts of grief and trials in this life and this reality on planet Earth. He tells us that we're not forgotten he tells us that we're chosen, that we have a destiny by God the Father. He tells us that the Holy Spirit has been released and has set us apart to be obedient followers. He sprinkled us with the blood of Jesus. We have grace continuously, grace and peace flowing over us like a waterfall. 
We have a fountain of mercy of which new life is released. And that new life gives us a living hope. And that living hope is birthed out of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so we find that perfect inheritance that will never perish, never be defiled, never diminish. And that faith is what protects us. It guards us in Christ. And so we jump for joy today. This is the power of hope. It's living and it's energetic. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.